been around him. Joe Biden. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. Was that John Tester I was hearing in the background there? Yes, that was. Sorry, that was a misfire on my part. I'm uh, queuing up some audio for you here. As, uh, we're doing our show out on the road. We are doing a live remote, to use inside baseball broadcasting terminology for you here, broadcasting live from Glendive, Montana this morning. We're in the heart of Mondakistan. So, of course, we're going to bring our Mondakistan bureau chief on the air with us here this morning, Tim and Savage. Well, now it's Tim and Glendive today, yes, so we got to change of business cards for okay. today. It's Tim and Glendive for, for today. But, no, Tim Tharp, great guy. Man, he's worked in school districts all across Montana. And, God, when you were in SCOBY, you're working for the school, but then the radio station says, hey, do you want to do some play-by-play for us? Hey, do you want to be a radio DJ? Hey, you were probably the lifeguard at the swimming pool at some point, too. Not in SCOBY, but I was in Dutton. In Dutton, you yes. are. Okay, yes. yes. <laughs> Lou Jones probably put you to work up there helping his Oh, it's team, a good probably. thing he didn't know I was a lifeguard. He would have put me, got me out there and, and helping out with the Conrad swim team. Yeah. Well, it's, it's great to see you here in Glendive. Uh, you know, uh, right now, of course, we're, we're live uh, in, uh, you know, Great Falls, Kalispell, Billings, and Bozeman. And then, of course, got a bunch of great listeners on the app across the state. But but we don't actually go on the radio here in Glendive. And unless they decided to carry an extra hour here, they may have. Um, if so, hey, welcome to our, our KXGN listeners. Cause, but but most likely, um, our, our friends in Glendive won't be joining us until the 9 o'clock hour of the show. So we're going to have some fun uh, chatting it up with Tim. Uh, Tharp here in the 8 o'clock hour. And then I know the Dawson County Extension agent is going to drop by here in the 8 o'clock hour as well. And then and then we'll chat with more of our friends here in Glendive in the 9 o'clock hour. But this, uh, let me just play this. For those of you who, who didn't hear this clip from John Tester, you, if you didn't see me share it earlier, uh, remember when John Tester had, I'll have to ask our producer Travis what month this was from, because this was very recent. Remember, this was very recent. John Tester was on NBC News and had this to say about Joe Biden. Joe Biden, when I've been around him, and that's not every day, but when I've been around him, when I've seen him on the news, he's absolutely 100% with it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and he's got his, his, his recall, his, his uh, cognitive ability, whatever you want to call it. I'm yeah. not a doc, I'm a dirt farmer, but <laughs> he's, he's fine. Yeah. And he's doing a good job. I think folks are making a bigger deal out of it than it is. All right. Well, you got to see Joe Biden for yourselves yesterday with that press conference. What do you think? Is he out to lunch? Is and it makes you wonder: Is John Tester out to lunch? Well, we know he's been out to dinner at least. Yes. Yeah. He's got uh, and he's got a wide variety. I appreciate the the UN approach that uh, Senator Tester is taking to making sure that he's hitting all sorts of different injuries. <laughs> so our listeners might remember this. Liberal Senator John Tester has racked up over $1.2 million in restaurant bills at fancy Washington, D.C. establishments. Uh, the Bistro B was one of his favorites. But apparently now, in just the last quarter alone, he spent a lot of money on fancy restaurants, booze, and more. I think my favorite was he dropped nearly $10,000 at Bistro Cacao, a French <laughs> restaurant in Washington, D.C. So... 
Cacao. I wonder if there's a big bird uh, outfit dress guy greeting him at the entrance when he walks in. Anyway, we'll be back right after this. So, If you can plan barbecues and weddings, you can plan to protect yourself from a natural disaster. Sign up for local alerts, prepare an emergency kit, and make a family communications plan. Get started at ready.gov slash plan. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. I love this song. I love nachos. Loving everything? You might be buzzed. You know what I'd love? A ride when it's time to head out. If you see a buzz warning sign, call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. Ronnie Jackson, Admiral Ronnie Jackson. Man, Ronnie Jackson, the uh, well, former Navy Admiral, former White House doctor. Remember when uh, liberal Senator John Tester went on CNN lying about Admiral uh, and Dr. Ronnie Jackson? Well, Ronnie Jackson's now a member of Congress, and he went off on two-faced Tester. When it comes to this invasion taking place on our southern border here, uh, Tim and Savage. So I did. Conf- our, our producer Travis confirmed that soundbite from John Tester, where he was saying, "No, Joe's fine. I was with him. People are just take blowing this out of proportion." That was six months ago when he made those false claims on NBC's Meet the Press, saying that, "Oh no, no, Joe Biden's fine." He, he's he's fully up to speed on everything. We just saw him yesterday, but we've seen him even before that. That's yeah. why this question has repeatedly come up. Well, and it's been coming up for, for the last couple of years. It, it, it's and from the very beginning, and he, he just total confusion. And it, it, it's it's completely moved beyond a joke and a funny ha ha sort of thing. This is a this is this is elder abuse. This is a, an, an old man in the full throes of dementia not able to operate but yet and as the babylon b says um, he, he's not competent to stand trial but he's just fine to lead the country yeah exactly the dailywire.com had a headline that summed up yesterday's news biden explodes during press conference on his mental fitness makes several mistakes in fact let me let me just play a little bit here i'll i'll, I'll run it off of my remote equipment here because uh, i, I want to do a full play-by-play of the press conference yesterday with you tim maybe we'll we'll do that at, at 8 40 this morning but let me let me just play the first couple of seconds here here we go something the special counsel said in his report is that one of the reasons you were not charged is because in his description you are a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. I'm well-meaning, and I'm an elderly man, and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president, and I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. It's How totally bad our... is your memory, and can you continue as president? My memory is so bad, I let you speak. That's, uh, that's, that's what... Your memory has gotten worse, so My memory is not good. My memory is fine. My memory... Take a look at what I've done since I've become president. All right, then the CNN uh, reporter goes off on him with, wait a minute, A, B, C, and D. He gets angry. He lashes out. They, the, the, the handlers at the White House press corps finally get him to usher off the stage and leave the press conference altogether. But then he gets goaded back up to the microphone. And then he, he confuses the Mexican president with the Egyptian president, just further confirming 
how bad his memory actually is. Uh, it's it's just atrocious. But but back to Texas Congressman Ronnie Jackson. Yeah, he tore into liberal Senator John Tester, uh, two-faced Tester, as he calls him, for basically, uh, he says this, two-faced Tester believes our border is just fine and that thousands of illegals should be allowed into the U.S. every day. It's horrible. Democrats like this that have kept our border wide open for the past three years and destroyed our country Montana, he eventually says, Montana is sick of you and will vote you out in November. And then now we've got this new report here on top of the $1.2 million in fancy restaurant bills Tester racked up. He keeps piling on the spending, keeps piling on the spending, and he spent nearly $10,000 at the Bistro Cacao alone. Oh, we, we got to go check that restaurant out. Yeah, I just, it's just amazing, you know. And and I, I understand that you know you need to to smooth some of the donors and and the constituency and stuff like that. But just looking at the dollars that are being spent on those restaurants, and not just on food, but on alcohol. There was one of those. There was just a, a straight a liquor purchase, and that he's just running it all through the campaign fund. I mean, that's that's how he he went to D.C. as a poor Montana dirt farmer, and now he's a multimillionaire who will never come back and operate the farm. He's going to continue to to rake it in. Well, and that's why when you sit here and you say, how can Joe, how can John Tester get on national TV and lie like that about Joe Biden or about Ronnie Jackson like he did a few years ago? Well, this is why, because he gets to live high on the hog. Mm-hmm. And so he's got to keep saying this stuff and keep doing this stuff and allow this stuff to happen to our country because – because that's how he gets to live high on the hog in the Democrat Party back in Washington, D.C. And that's what's just so disgusting about the politics. And that's what, what President Trump was talking about. That That is the swamp right there, that they really don't give a rip about the folks back home as long as they get their own. I mean, Michael Savage says uh, you, people who've gone to D.C. To, to do good, and they do very well indeed. And, and how many how many uh, public servants, put the air quotes around that since we're on the radio, public servants go to D.C., to make that that money, and what do they get paid? Uh, 120, 130,000 a year. So you do that for six years, and then somehow you come out of DC a multimillionaire. I mean, that is some darn good investing. And you can keep that campaign cash like Max Baucus did and use it to travel around the world and give money to your buddies and speak and travel at events. It's a big slush fund. And then you got your vested retirement package. You got your. Your FU money is the, uh, city exactly. manager, the city manager in Bozeman would describe it, right? And all it takes is one election to Congress to, to all of a sudden get that FU money. Yeah. Donald Trump Jr., of course, he was like on fire on Twitter yesterday. Well, his dad had a really good day at the United States Supreme Court. But then he, he, Donald Trump Jr. said this, Biden is not making the best case for himself that he's not too old by referring to Egypt as Mexico, saying that Mexico had a gate next to Gaza. Who on earth thought it was a good idea to roll Joe Biden out past bedtime? Unless, of course, the Democrats are throwing him under the bus. But another thing to consider, where is the media on the decision at the Supreme Court? That has been completely buried by everything with, has it with really? Biden. Now, I oh, have, yeah. I, you hardly see anything. I caught a little bit of it late in the afternoon yesterday. But then as soon as they said Biden is coming on the air tonight, all of a sudden that has been completely squashed. So maybe... I got a great montage of even the liberal justices criticizing the effort to keep Trump off the ballot or questioning it at least. So we'll play that. Plus, we'll do our play-by-play of the Trump pre- or the uh, Biden press conference with Tim and Savage coming up later. This is the Montana Economic Minute. 
One of the most amazing and consequential changes in the U.S. economy since COVID has been the changing geographic pattern of growth. The population of California is actually falling, and within the larger metropolitan areas across the country, the dense central business districts are hollowing out, and changes appear to be settling in to stay. On a state-by-state basis, the new clusters of growth are apparent. It's all happening, with only a few exceptions, in the Mountain West and in the South. Montana has recovered 149% of the jobs we lost in the pandemic, which is to say that we've grown way past where we were before the recession hit us. Utah is at 200%. There are a dozen states that have yet to recover what they lost, mostly in the upper Midwest and the Northeast. The worst is Hawaii, still 20% short of their pre-COVID job totals. How and why are these growth shifts happening? Certainly remote work makes some of it possible. Taxes, crime, it's hard to say. It's also hard to ignore. I'm Patrick Barkey. Brought to you by the University of Montana Bureau of Business and Economic Talking about the issues that matter to Montana statewide, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Yeah, Travis, keep that audio queued up because um, um, we might roll that uh, judge mon- the justice montage here in just a second. It was from a Fox News report by Shannon Bream yesterday during special report where she she kind of uh, did a montage of, of audio reactions. Well, the audio during the actual uh, Supreme Court uh, hearing yesterday where very clearly even the most liberal of Supreme Court justices were were basically very skeptical of of Colorado trying to remove Donald J. Trump off of the presidential ballot. So, uh, but but first, um, and then we are going to have um, the Dawson County Extension Agent, the uh, MSU Extension Agent here for Dawson County. She's going to join us in just a few minutes as well because she's giving presentations at the nine o'clock hour to kick off the gate show. So so we'll sneak her on here in the eight o'clock hour of the show. But uh, Tim and Savage still with us here as well. So one of the things Joe Biden was lashing out at the reporters over was i did not i did not give him classified material something to that effect right he was he was falsely claiming that he did not share classified material uh and again he was not the president at the time the president has the sole ability to declassify stuff right the vice president does not a united states senator joe biden does not only the president has so trump had the authority to be able to do that Joe Biden, as vice president, did not. But nonetheless, apparently, there's actually audio recordings of Joe Biden with his ghostwriter, where he is is on tape talking about showing him classified documents. This is this is a clip. This is CNN's Eli Honig talking about Joe Biden denying that he shared classified documents with his ghostwriter. Here are the facts. Joe Biden, established by this report, Joe Biden retained sensitive classified documents after he left the vice presidency. Marked classified? Yes, marked classified, highest level, top secret SCI. They related to our international affairs, to war plans, to foreign relations. He knew it. He knew it. He's on tape after he's out of the vice presidency saying to his autobiographer, the classified documents are in the basement. He knew it. But he just denied that. Exactly. So that's a key part of the report. It's the second sentence. Yeah. So he's lying. I don't know if the if the gal on CNN like if it clicked yet at that point. But he just denied that. But Eli Honig is saying he is on tape, saying not just secret classified documents, 
top secret. You know, with the yellow yeah. border instead of the red border. Yeah, and then that just is is the pattern of all of this. Just don't don't try to be reasonable. Ignore the facts. Don't look at what is staring you plainly in the face. Just listen to the rhetoric of the day and try to roll with whatever we're telling you that you need to believe right now because the, the facts really don't matter. Yeah, that's it, right. It's kind of like whose line is it anyway? Just it, the, the points don't matter. The facts don't matter. Go Dems. Well, what we were joking earlier. What were we saying about uh, negative Ghost Rider? <laughs> negative Ghost full. Rider. I did not share classified documents. Pattern is full, Ghost Rider. Pattern <laughs> is full. <laughs> well, we're going to talk more with with Tim. But, Tim, jump in on this conversation as well. It's great to have the Dawson County MSU Extension agent back with us here on Montana Talk. Especially we're here for the, the Gates Show, the Glendive Agri-Trade Expo. And these uh, MSU Extension agents, so important uh, to these uh, economies out here in eastern Montana in particular. Uh, Gabby Sexton, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, great to see you again. I think I first got to meet you last year. I think you had just uh, gotten on the job last I year. I had just started. Just started. And now give me give us more of your background. Were you, were you the young lady from western Montana that was That's like me. the rodeo queen? <laughs> I wasn't involved in rodeo, but oh, okay. 4-H was my thing. 4-H. There we go. All right. So you decide I'm getting out, I'm getting the heck out of western Montana. I'm going to beautiful Glendive, Montana. Oh, yeah. No, that was a... I don't know what I was thinking, but it's worked out. <laughs> yeah, you're probably having a great time probably one year later. How do, how do you feel about the move? I feel really good about it. It's actually been really beneficial for me. I found out that Extension is exactly where I'm supposed to be, uh, was not education. Extension is education in its own sense, but it's more what I want to do. It's more of the education that I want to be providing to communities and kids. So it's it's been a really good move. Tim and Savage, did, did you ever know Big Bruce Smith before he passed away? No, I didn't know him. What I, a neat guy. I worked with several different agents. So, and what amazes me about County Extension is that just the how diverse it is. And it's mm-hmm. and that's what I always loved about working in rural Montana is that the same. it's never the same every day. And you do so much. I mean, you do everything, yeah. estate planning to, to helping with crops to mm-hmm. working with the 4-H. And it's just it's such a diverse area. How do you summarize all that an extension agent does? I mean, do you have a 30-second elevator pitch? Oh, gosh. Um, Because it's so different every day, I never know what I'm going to end up doing. I could be out looking at somebody's crops. I could be just driving the back roads, and somebody's like, hey, can you do me a nitrate test? And I'm like, sure, bring it by. Um, Or I have 4-Hers bombarding my office, stealing candy out of my candy jar. So every day is different. That would be my 30-second elevator pitch. Every day is different, and you never know what you're going to meet. Well, that's cool. Yeah, because, like, uh, I I remember there was a Yellowstone County extension. uh, She works for the extension office there, Mm -hmm. and she can, like, help people with gardening tips yep. or, like, trees. Uh, you know, like, if you got trees just on your little residential house, mm-hmm. like, they can give you tips on, hey, have you tried this or have you mm-hmm. tried that or how to deal with bugs, whatever. Yes, we are experts in a little bit of everything. <laughs> Glendive in eastern Montana finally getting some moisture here. I mean, it made for some slick roads yesterday, mm-hmm. some fresh snow still falling right now as we speak with you. But that moisture is really desperately needed out here oh right gosh. now. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's kind of scary when you think about your winter cover crops and what they're going to look like this spring and then what we're going to see this late spring and then early summer. It's kind of scary. I'm glad it's here. I mean, it could have waited one more weekend so we could have had a nicer gate. Um, but holy cow, did we need it. And it's going to be it's going to be a little scary out there. Well, you know, I, I gave a call to our friend Lane Nordland uh, on the way over and he, he was back home shoveling snow back in Great Falls. But I was talking with him, you know, about just some of the big, big agricultural news of, mm-hmm. of the week of the, you know, really couple couple weeks here. You know, the, 
the fact that the cattle, uh, the U.S. cattle inventory, cattle herd is at what, like an 80-year low? Yeah. I mean, you think about it. We have more people to feed, mm-hmm. and yet we have the, the lowest number of cattle in America going back 80 years. Like, not only should we not be reducing our cattle mm-hmm. herd, but we have a lot more people in the herd that need to be fed right now. Yeah, we have a lot of hungry people in the world. Yeah. And then uh, what was the other one? You mentioned um, covered crops here over the winter. Mm-hmm. He was saying, you know, one concern folks have is, is okay, well, what happens with the cold, you know, this cold temperature yeah. that now does move in with mm-hmm. the winter wheat and things like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what are you hearing from local farmers, ranchers, other folks here in, you know, the Dawson County area? It's kind of hit or miss. Depends on who you talk to and where exactly in Dawson County they're located. I had two fellows that frequent my office quite a bit. Um, he was just a couple miles below this his friend's farm, and the guy above him had a whole two inches more rain than the guy below him. So it kind of just depends on where you are in the county and what you get. Um, but I've heard that some folks have had a really great crop season. Some have had really great calf's products, and others just were like, what the heck, I can't survive. I don't know what I'm going to do. You got grasshoppers, you got face flies, all the things were against us, the drought, and then that weird rain that we got boom, end of May, beginning of June in there, and it just it made the grass grow really, really well, and everything looked green and beautiful, but it grew so fast that it wasn't sucking up the nutrients, and so there's there's no nutritional value in it for those cattle. And so then you turn them out to graze, and you think, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. Look at all this luscious green grass for my young calves. There was no nutritional value. Mm, really. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so you, you might have a, you know, a field of green, but... If there's no nutrition yeah. in there, yeah, no, that's very interesting. You mentioned grasshoppers. Actually, uh, this morning, while we're in the middle of our statewide show, you're giving a, a talk on just mm-hmm. that, uh, or you're facilitating a talk mm-hmm. on uh, grasshopper c- uh, control. But because uh, even if you can't see them really hopping around yet, uh, oh, all signs point to a lot of them coming back <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, with not getting our snow as early as we normally do in Montana, the eggs have had a chance to get into the ground and be okay you know the the snow comes in and then it covers and it freezes the eggs and then the rain comes and kills the rest of them so without the snow and maybe no rain this spring we're looking at a really nasty nasty group of grasshoppers hopefully we get some more i know you know even like the red lodge area is typically more Mm -hmm. of a spring snow area anyway so hopefully we get a a late batch of it even though it makes driving these roads a little crazier (laughs) tim and savage i heard from our friend jerry schillinger at a circle he uh they already made it to helena so a lot of the local lawmakers are, are in helena for the winter kickoff taking place this weekend but man i think about a year ago when we were here for the gate show and you know, it was kind of concerning what was going to be the future. You know, you had, you know, you had the, the sugar beet factory, uh, the news there, and then okay, wh- what are people going to pivot to from sugar beets? And it sounds like most people have pivoted. Uh, but anyway, Tim, what else have you kind of been hearing from farmers and ranchers in a, in a similar regard? Well, a lot of it is a big concern with the grasshoppers. They hit across the border. Um, I am the Mondakistan correspondent, so I spent time over on the other side right. of the border. So uh, across the river, the uh, there were the grasshoppers were there way before they were over here. And uh, I remember stopping one time on the way, my way back. I actually let a grasshopper out of my pickup so that I didn't <laughs> transport it across. I did not want to be bringing invasive species into Montana. But uh, yeah, the cigarette hanging out of his mouth and everything. Thanks for the ride. They uh, they were so bad. <laughs> and and so that's a, a major concern. But then also the transition for for um, all of the the beets. 
you know, mm-hmm. changing from sugar beets. And we did get timely moisture up, at least in uh, where I'm at, in southern Richland County. And there was more corn grown in that valley than I have ever seen in my entire life. And so was that uh, a benefit of the, the timely moisture that we had last year? And is that going to be able to continue for these people that had to transition from the sugar beets? I would hope so. You know, you never really know what you're going to get. So if we do get that good amount of moisture, it, I would hope that we'll see another fruitful crop season. But it just depends on what we get and how, how aggressive these farmers are in taking action against the grasshoppers and knowing what they need to be putting out there for their crops and taking care of it, going out and looking and seeing what they've got, seeing how many grasshoppers are out there so you know exactly how much you've got to put down. I, I like that. You never know what you're going to get. I was thinking of the laugh is like a box yeah. of chocolates. Exactly. It's ever this box of chocolates for some of these farmers in eastern Montana. You don't know if the chocolates are going to be in there or if the box got uh-huh. fell off the back of the pickup and somebody stomped on it or drove over and the chocolates all, you know, smashed flat. But uh, <laughs> uh, beef cattle nutritional needs in, in winter. Can you stick around for just a few more minutes and sure. tell us about that? All right. More with Gabby Sexton, the uh, Dawson County Extension agent. And then she's a facility the opening seminars coming up soon so we'll we'll get her on our way and then tim and i will will do the play-by-play we've been uh, promised all right new tax deadlines for your 2023 return i'm jenny cosola with your fox business tax tip coming up I'm Emily Campagno, and this is the Fox True Crime Podcast, bringing you closer to the story than you ever thought possible. Subscribe at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. These are the stories that keep you up at night. The first day to file your taxes this year was January 29th. The deadline this year is April 15th. You can extend your filing date to October 15th, but CPA John Lieberman says you still need to pay. And if you don't pay what you owe by April 15th, the government will charge you a form of interest and penalties. And they just raised the rate, so it's quite expensive not to get all your taxes paid by April 15th. To get an extension, you or your tax professional will file a form 4868. Jimmy Cosola, Fox News. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. Oh, now, Tim, this is funny. So you were talking about these grasshoppers invading eastern Montana, and one tried to hitch a ride with you, so you had to kick it out of the car. Our producer, Travis, he's like, he's laughing. He says, yeah, these grasshoppers, you know, that are invading uh, the state, they're probably getting $5,000 debit cards, free smartphones, and more. It's just like the illegal aliens that are invading. The grasshoppers, they get the smartphones, too. We know? just need to get more people on the border to con- to, you know, to register them as they come in. But limit it to 5000 a day. That's, that's right. We're going to limit it to 5000 grasshoppers a day. But you realize they're going to grow after that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. All right. Well, um, Gabby Sexton, the extension agent here for Dawson County for MSU Extension. Uh, thanks for just a couple more minutes. I know you got to get ready for your presentations here uh, coming up in a few minutes. Beef cattle nutritional needs in winter. Tell us about that seminar and really anything else you want to tell folks okay. across Montana. Yeah, Megan from Fort Keogh. She is our MSU beef specialist. She's going to come down here, fingers crossed, she makes it over, um, and talk about the nutritional things that cattle need during the wintertime, specifically towards calves, um, working on that crude protein level and your digestibles. Those are huge things right now, making sure that 
young heifers are getting what they need so that they can produce enough milk and the calves are then growing off and doing their thing. So that's what she's going to hit this morning. <laughs> that reminds me, we had a great phone call one day. Uh, when it, remember when it was like 40 below, 50 below, 60 oh, yeah. below? And, you know, in the beauty of our shows, we got, we got people calling from, from the big cities, I use mm -hmm. air quotes, you know, our bigger towns. And they live in town. I've always lived in town. And then we got folks literally that, that are out, you know, checking on cows right now as we speak. Mm -hmm. So somebody, they said, how do these, how do the cows survive this crazy cold like this? And, and, you know, and I talked about, well, that's why you see ranchers out there breaking mm -hmm. ice so that they get access to water. Um, and then, and, and then a, a rancher, a guy, I think out of central Montana called in later and he said, yeah, as long as you keep them fed, you know, they can, they can survive this, this mm -hmm. cold weather. And so that's where feed and nutrition and everything is so critical. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it goes back to that, the grass, like you talked yeah. about, like, okay, you might have green, tall grass, but if it doesn't have the nutrition, you got to have your supplements. Yep. Exactly. Putting out those, those lick tubs and anything else that can just give them that extra boost. Yeah. Well, Gabby, great to see you again, and uh, glad you're enjoying your time. First year on the ground here in Thank Dawson you. County. Yeah, All right. yeah. All right. We have quite a few extension jobs open, too. Oh, yeah, we were going to give a plug for so, that. So if you love agriculture, you like helping people, like talking to people as well, and getting out there and really seeing what's going on to help promote and just keep our industry rolling, Hit us up. We got jobs. Or if you want an excuse to go live in more rural Montana, oh, yeah. you're tired of the bigger towns, uh -huh. the bigger cities. Well, it, these extension jobs, and there's, man, there's just been so many great people that have oh, worked yeah. their way up and through mm -hmm. and then get great careers with this and, and extension. And they treat you darn good. Do they? Oh, yeah. I've well, got, got that candy jar. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got the candy jar. Uh-huh. That one's always getting refilled. Uh, no, I've gone to so many different places, met so many different people, have so many opportunities to keep pushing myself through my education and doing better in what I want to be doing. And MSU is behind that 100%. They do everything they can to support us and keep us here. And everybody's short on workers now. But, uh, yeah, MSU Extension now hiring. Great job, great mm -hmm. outfit, great crew. Get to work with some great people and, uh, you know, maybe get out of the big town. All right, Gabby, thanks again for yep. taking some time with us. Tell, speaking of getting on the microphone, you know, you, you got somebody standing right next to you who should jump on the microphone here a little bit here, yes. too. So, all right. <laughs> well, Gabby, thanks again for being with us. Uh, Tim, yeah, man, um, it's, it's great. One of the things I love about coming here to places like Glendive and shows like this is you never know who's going to show up. And thankfully, at least some people are starting to show up because with this uh, snow and the and the icy roads, I was a little I was a little worried that uh, that they wouldn't have that they wouldn't have any uh, uh, you know you wouldn't have as much people showing up today. Yeah, but it is it's rural Montana and it's snowing out and it's winter. This is what we're supposed to expect. I mean, it, it's going to snow and we're good with it. I mean, it, it's it's okay. Just slow down a little bit and you'll be just fine coming in. It's not that bad. It's a kind of a nice light snow. It's kind of beautiful out right now. But, uh, yeah, respect the ice. Don't jam the brakes and you'll be just fine. You'll get here in one piece. That's right. Um, well, let's do this play-by-play -play here. So we, I already played the Peter Ducey question about Joe Biden and the special counsel's report, basically saying that, that he is not mentally fit to 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 testify in in a trial what was that quote that judge janine uh non compass mentis yep. not mentally competent not mentally fit to stand trial i think i cued this audio clip this is where the cnn reporter starts to jump in here 
They express concerns about your mental acuity. They say that you are too old. Mr. President, in December, you told me that you believe there are many other Democrats who could defeat Donald Trump. So why does it have to be you now? Why, what is your answer to that question? Because I'm the most qualified person in this country to be president of the United States and finish the job I started. <laughs> I did not share classified information. I did not share. Okay. Okay, let's pause it right there, Tim. Two things. One, did you hear the reporter in the background? Why do you keep confusing the names of world <laughs> yes. leaders? I mean, there was Mitterrand the other day. Then there was uh, Helmut Kohl. Yeah. I mean... Well, and then uh, you know, if also in the background, you hear one of his staffers yelling, thank you very much, thank you very much, as they're trying to get the hook to pull him, get him, out, of him out of there because yeah. she sees the absolute nightmare that's that's starting as they as everyone just came unglued and started yelling out questions. And then right there, he just lied. I did not share classified information. The, the CNN guy, we just played the clip, there's audio recordings of you yeah. talking about the classified information you are sharing with your ghostwriter. Yeah. So... Audio yeah. evidence, proof of that, and then then he just he's the most qualified person in the country to be president, but yeah. yet he's not qualified to even stand trial for the records that he stole. It is interesting, you know, CNN finally asking some tough questions of Joe Biden, but she also revealed why she's finally doing it. She's afraid the Democrats are going to lose because of his incompetency. Yeah. They're not. A, they're not like. Oh, man, we've had this guy leading our country for three years. They're like, this guy's going to lose to Donald Trump. Why does it have to be you? It should be somebody else. I mean, that's why they're freaking out. Uh, let's roll more of it here. But my ghostwriter did not. Guarantee you did not. But what the special counsel said it. No, he did not say that. Okay. He did not say that. But Mr. President, what other, let me answer your question. The fact of the matter is what I didn't want repeated. I didn't want him to know, and I didn't read it to him was I had written a long memorandum to President Obama why we should not be in, this, in Afghanistan. And I was of this, multiple pages. And so what I was referring to, I said classified, I should have said it was, should be private because it was a contact between the president and the vice president as to what was going on. Okay, let me cut in there again, Tim. Again, you're talking with the president of the United States. Joe, you do not have declassification authority as the vice president. The president is the one who has declassification authority. So, yeah, but, like, for you to say, well, this is my stuff. No, it's the nation's stuff. Well, and in, in, in defense of Joe, he doesn't even remember when he was vice president. That was something else that came up in, yeah. in that release. He doesn't know when he was. So maybe he believes he was president when he was vice president, and therefore, who knows? Yeah, but again, why did they roll him out? Let's uh, continue. That's what he's referring to. It was not classified information in that document. That was not classified. He points again. When you look back at this incident, is there anything you would do differently now? And do you think that a special prosecutor should have been appointed in the first place in both of these cases? Now, this is the... Okay, let me give him the nice question to end on so that he can then walk out of the room without this devolving any further. Yeah, and I, you listen to that. He says, he called on me. It's like, oh, for Pete's <laughs> sake, he, he called on me, and then he mobs him up a softball. What would you have done different? And yeah. Ignoring all of the other actual questions that were being thrown out at him, like how are you channeling Franz Mitterrand's who died? Yeah, and, uh, and, you, and you could hear the intensity took up a notch with the staffers in the background. Okay, thanks, thank everybody. You, thank, thank, you, you. thank you. Joe, get that.
freak out of here, man. First of all, what I would have done is oversee the transfer of the material that was in my office. Okay, yes. so now he goes on to blame his staff. Oh, the entire staff completely yeah, thrown under the bus. Bad. They all did this. They're the ones that threw the beat-up boxes next to the vet in the garage. I mean, yeah. he, oh, he just completely. How would you like to be a staffer knowing that once he realizes that he doesn't remember Adam Schiff about what happened, <laughs> he just completely throws you under the bus if you're working for him? Now, so he finally is like, okay, I got to get out of here. And it's only been five minutes. Let me see if, if we hear the question before the break he's almost out of the room he's almost out of the room oh oh back to the microphone the staff's freaking out right now he goes back he goes back of you as you know that the conduct of the response in Gaza in the Gaza Strip has been um, over the top. I think that... Uh, so he's he's trashing Israel. He's trashing our ally as he... Uh, man, as the world is on the brink of World War III. But then, after he says how great his memory is, wait till you hear what he says next. Confirming <laughs> any... Uh, no more doubts anymore, if you had them. The conservative underground meets right now. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. Now we're criminalizing political differences. Now, now we're looking for ways to even keep people's names off the ballot and using their determination, not a court's determination. You know, Donald Trump's never been charged with insurrection, let alone found guilty of insurrection. But I, I'll guarantee you, after listening to the Supreme Court arguments today, that's not even going to be the issue that they even breach in this case. My guess is that it's, it's simply going to come down to the statutory language that excludes the president and the, what the term elected officer means. And the president, why does the elected officer of the United States have a far different oath than that of a president of the United States? Check out the Sean Hannity radio show later today, right here. Doctors take Field of Greens for their own health. Here's Dr. Ryan Green to explain. We're like you, too much fast food and not enough exercise. That's why I take Field of Greens. The fruits and vegetables in Field of Greens support my heart, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism for weight loss. And Field of Greens promises your doctor will notice your improved health or your money back. Get 15% off with promo code radio at fieldofgreens.com. That's promo code radio at fieldofgreens.com. Product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. free. Local.com. That's townsquarelocal.com. Brought to you from the Montana Hot Spring Spas and Saunas Live Well, Feel Better Studio. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. 
Yeah, Aaron Flint here with Montana Talks, broadcasting live from the Gate Show, the Glendive Acre Trade Expo. We got uh, Tim in Savage in Glendive today, our Mondakistan Bureau Chief correspondent, whatever the heck. We'll, yeah. we'll figure out a fancy way to describe whatever we'll the heck figure it is. We'll figure that out You know, one of these days. All right, so Joe Biden was just... He, so they, the staff, he finally gets the hint that get out of there. Yeah. You are getting ambushed right now, and you are flailing. So he finally just walks to the door, and then he hears something. And he turns and shuffles, and I'm sure the staff is like, oh, no. So if they had just let the report come out, well, Joe Biden's mental state, uh, blah, 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 it would have been a bad news day for the White House anyway. So they were thinking, well, if we get him out there, then we can push back on this narrative. But instead of pushing back on the narrative, they confirm the narrative. Exactly. Well, and he's he's not going to do the three-minute softball interview for the Super Bowl on Sunday. But yet, he'll go out and take live questions. That's what that's what amazed me about last night when I heard that he's coming out to take actual actual live questions, not just everything scripted ahead of time. And so that was... It just I could I, I could hear that collective groan and gasp from his staffers when he started shuffling back. It's like, oh my, he's he's going back to the microphone again. Yeah, and so he basically, but then like, so he had he had made some gaffes already, or just it wasn't the best look for him in that first four minutes or five minutes. But when he went back to the microphone, that's when he really screwed up again. As you know, initially. President of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material to get in. I talked to him. I convinced him to open the gate. I talked to Bibi to open the gate on the Israeli side. I've been pushing really hard, really hard, to get humanitarian assistance into Gaza. There are a lot of innocent people who are starving. Anyway, what, what he started off with was no. factual, Aaron. It was dead on. He has convinced Mexico to open the gate. Yes, that's right. so that was completely truthful <laughs> and honest up until he thought that it had anything to do with Israel. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, you're exactly right. The gates of Mexico that he had opened was the gates of illegal aliens coming into America. But yeah, they. But Mexico doesn't border. Uh, the Gaza Strip or Israel, so how... Even a J-School grad knows more geography than I was that. Say, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you jumped right I on mean, that, I, I'm yeah. impressed. And so, yeah, it's, and I didn't know where he was going. Is, the pre is Egypt, not Mexico, and so literally he just was there angrily defending his memory and his mental capacity and then, and then steps right into it. And... Uh, I actually thought he was going to talk about Mexico for a minute. When he talks about the president of Mexico, uh, wait, did, I didn't even hear a question about the southern border, which would be a whole other nightmare that he has created. Yeah, well, exactly. And then even if you just look at on policy, even if he had his full wits about him, even if he you know, wasn't facing any of these questions here whatsoever, his policy is completely wrong. Here he is criticizing Netanyahu, criticizing our friends in Israel, uh, playing the, you know, downplaying the Hamas terrorists in the Gaza Strip and talking about how he wants to give more aid to Gaza when we know that that aid is going right into the hands of terrorists. Well, he says that the response has been over the top. Well, how is, what has been the United States response? Yes, we had three, three people killed with that drone attack and we have really unleashed and I am, I'm proud that we have unleashed on, on those uh, enemy sites. But then he says that Israel's response is over the top. They didn't have three people killed. They had over a thousand people killed. And they still have people being held captive. And they had rapes, rapes and all yeah. of these things that are going on. Their response is nowhere yet over the top. And they made it very clear that they will wipe out Hamas. This is it. No more. 
Well, Tim, if you can, stand by, stick around with us here and uh, be our sidekick for the 9 o'clock hour as well. If you can, we're going to have uh, the folks from the chair of the gate committee kick things off here. Uh, Cody Fulton will kick things off for us here in the 9 o'clock hour in Glendive. Got Mike Carlson, and you never know who's going to show up here. Uh, that's why we like to have the microphones open. Microphones are open to any of our friends that come join us at the gate show this morning.